Hey everybody, I hope you're doing well. I am fantastic. I am enjoying day five of no curfew in Quebec and it truly feels like summer. Let's just forget about how we had our fundamental rights taken away from us the last six months and enjoy the sun. But yeah, so as lockdowns are unwinding, I can see Canadians, you know, eagerly getting out, seeing loved ones, friends for the first time, traveling, partying. Um, but most importantly, they're spending. The COVID-induced recession was followed by very generous income support policies. So much so that income levels actually rose rather than fell in 2020. And I've got to say, it's been so frustrating to watch Justin Trudeau masquerade around as if he cares about young people when he's introduced the most absurd stimulus plan and budget that will not only create runaway inflation, but will shackle us to these massive servicing debt costs. And, you know, eventually we're going to have to pay down the debt. He clearly exhibits no qualms with mortgaging the fiscal well-being of future generations. So as young people get around to finally spending the stimulus, it's important to remember that the Liberals didn't do us a favor. They're screwing us. I'm Sam, and this is Chicks and Balances. So it was revealed this week that 30,000 ineligible self-employed Canadians received around $8,000 worth of CERB. The CRA said that because the rules were supposedly unclear, all 30,000 of these Canadians are allowed to keep the money. But not only that, the CRA is going to go as far to repay some 7,000 Canadians who reimbursed the government the money that they were not entitled to. This mix-up, this quirky little mix-up is going to only cost us $240 million. Can someone explain to me why we're letting people keep taxpayer money that they didn't deserve? Does money burn a hole in the government's pocket? These people did the right thing. These people did the right thing. They gave back money they were not entitled to. But their morality, I guess, is usurped by Trudeau's generosity. The CRA employs 45,000 people. Not one knows how to read English. We implement these billion dollar programs and there's not a single person to proofread the instructions. It's incredible. Okay, and so maybe you'll say, fine, $240 million to the federal government, it's nothing. It's not a sum big enough to grieve. But this laissez-faire attitude has been pervasive throughout the COVID crisis. And treating stimulus as some sort of COVID loot bag is not compassionate. It's dangerous. And stimulus is super important. It's one of the main ways our government ensures the well-being of our economy, especially during slumps. But when, you, when the constituent parts of a plan are so obviously riddled with errors and lack of oversight, there's no surprise when the plan in itself fails. And this is what's happening. So let's talk about what a stimulus is supposed to do. Under normal circumstances, a recession can become something much worse if the people laid off can't recover their wages. Because once forced to tighten the belts and penny pinch, the unemployed can't buy enough goods to keep other workers from being laid off. It's a cycle of poverty. Poverty begets poverty and the unemployment rate continues to rise with no hope of recovery without intervention. And this is where the government comes in. They stimulate the economy by strategically spending in areas of need. And this time around, the federal government decided that the fastest way to get money out there would be to replace lost wages. And boy, did they ever. Labor income fell 
by over $100 billion. But that was offset by government transfers totaling $376 billion. This is the only recession in Canadian history where household income actually rose. And ordinarily, stimulus this big would have a massive positive effect on the economy. Except our genius government simultaneously locked down the economy. How can people be expected to spend if the economy is closed? Furthermore, how are people expected to make goods if the economy is closed? The savings rate rose from 3.6% to 28.2%. Households are now hoarding $90 billion worth of excess cash, the highest in our country's history. And so given the money, Canadians waited, stuffed the money in their mattresses uh, for the opportunity to actually go out and spend it. But supply shortages mean that there aren't enough goods to meet the quantity demanded now that things are opening up. When there is a dearth of available goods to purchase, prices rise for those goods as a result of the competition for consumers to get their eye gadget, for example. Traditional economic thinking dictates that fiscal and monetary policies should be complementary. While government spends to offset economic loss, the central bank should lower interest rates to promote investment and increase the money supply. Remember, more money means that the purchasing power of each dollar goes down and prices are seen to rise. So inflation. The federal government and the Bank of Canada are distinct, essentially operating as if everything is hunky-dory on the other side. The problem is that now that the government stimulus hasn't kicked in at the right time, the central bank's inflationary goal of 3%, which is already quite high, only contributes to the risk of runaway inflation. Inflation has already passed its upper limit and shows no sign of stopping. So worries around prices and inflation are completely well-founded and a result of the government instituting COVID health measures and COVID fiscal measures that are flagrantly contradictory to one another. And our government in their finite wisdom has not comprehended that good stimulus is meant to be targeted in terms of who gets it and when they get it. You know, if I'm being honest, many of my friends ask me why I care about this issue. Well, it's because who do you think gets hurt by these policies? Young people, poor people, the people out in the streets celebrating their free money? Because if wages don't increase accordingly, people just lose their purchasing power. Things are already so much more expensive and I didn't see my wages go up. Even if you did receive some money from the government, that doesn't sustain you long-term. And when inflation is high, people can't properly plan ahead for the future, right? You see this in places like the Congo, where you're not sure if your house will be taken over by a paramilitary group. So there's not a ton of investment in houses there because it's so unstable and unpredictable. Well, same goes for inflation in Canada. You need to give people every opportunity to see ahead. And in Canada, that means keeping inflation in check. This government, and frankly, most governments don't care about you. They're just trying to get your vote. And the easiest way to do it is to buy it. Why do you think the Liberal government wants an election so soon? Because you're still reeling from the high of all this free money and the chickens haven't come home to roost. So inflation isn't, you know, soaring yet. And you can say, you know, the stimulus has already been distributed. What can we do about it now? Well, this philosophy, this nasty spending habit, is also in the federal budget and there are no signs of it stopping. Any additional government spending can drive inflation. This empathetic approach 
the stimulus is going to lock out young and poor people from markets that they were once able to access pre-COVID. And at the end of the day, this stimulus is going to haunt us for the rest of our working taxable lives. So on that cheery note, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Uh, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And I can't wait to get back into it with you guys next Wednesday. Take care of yourselves.